welcome to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss return to work strategies, advice, and success stories. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, CEO and co founder of I Relaunch, and your host. Today, we're going to depart from our normal topic and we are going to talk about not taking a career break and the decisions that go into that process. And I can't wait to speak with Nadia Gill about this topic. Nadia is head of business strategy at Google Cloud, where she's responsible for developing international strategic planning and transforming the operations for Google Cloud's cybersecurity products. Nadia has over 20 years of experience in strategic transformation and operations with a specialty in strategic planning, mergers and acquisitions, and integrations. Earlier in her career, she worked at Deloitte Consulting, PwC, Cognizant, and Siemens in similar senior roles in transformation, finance, strategy, and operations. Nadia received an MBA from the Wharton School, University of Pennsylvania, and is also a licensed certified fraud examiner. After the births of each of her children, Nadia considered taking a career break, but ultimately opted to remain in the workforce on her own terms by reinventing herself. In this episode, we speak with Nadia about her process of reinvention. Nadia, welcome to 321 I Relaunch. Thank you for having me. It's so exciting to be here. Well, we're very excited to speak with you. And as I mentioned, this is a different topic than, than we normally talk about because you're not a relauncher. And we're interested in your career path because we have listeners who are earlier in their careers and are anticipating a future career break. And we want, and our audience will want to understand your thought process around not taking a career break and what career decisions you made instead. So you considered taking career breaks when your children were born. And I want to know if you can please take us through that thought process of contemplating the career break and then ultimately not taking it. Yeah, you know, I I did. I took some maternity leaves for both kids and I was ready ready to quit after both, but decided to stay. Uh, the decision was mostly financial. I could not afford to quit long term. Around the same time, I realized that other companies were relocating my role to cheaper locations such as India, Philippines. So, so I realized that I had to reinvent myself to keep evolving with the technology and, and pivoting to be in a job that allows me to put my kids to bed rather than being on the road every week. Mm-hmm. Um, so you de- determined that initially and then... What was the process after that of identifying what these actual roles could be and making a transition to a new employer? Yeah, I I did a lot of research and uh, I spoke with a few of my mentors to understand where the industry was going. And, And I found that to be useful because, you know, they were objective about what employers were looking for. Uh, what trends they were seeing from where they were sitting. Um, so I, I, I also had to make the decision of let go of certain things that were more ego driven on my end. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it took 
cool to to be upgraded in the in the hotels and the airlines because of my you know constantly travel job and of course it was so cool to to be the deal maker um but i decided to pivot on that experience instead of being the deal maker the one closing the deals which is a very exciting job Mm -hmm. i i decided on being the person creating the strategy and on what happens after the deal is closed those two jobs are, are very, very close together. You cannot do one without the other. The only difference is travel. Um, and I also realized that those are the roles of the senior executives. And, and that's the interesting part. Uh, you can pivot on your current experience. You don't have to start from zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you know, there is a term called leverage your transferable skills. And, and I was and tired of listening to everyone saying transferable skills, but but it, it is true. Um, so I made a list of my transferable skills, such as ability to negotiate contracts, um, you know, work on financial models, create a strategy, lead teams, transform operations. Those are very transferable skills that can be applied to other jobs. Um, with that said... I have friends who decided to not pivot. They totally got into a new role where the technology is going. Uh, as an example, one of them, instead of continuing her role in finance, uh, she learned to go code. You know, there are many schools where you can take, uh, you know, some trainings to to code um, and founded a startup uh, or other friends went into startups, um, started from zero again. And and, and that's also a, a viable path if you can afford it. Um, because also, you know, the workforce is changing. Things are changing from five, ten years ago. Um, now people continue their careers long after their fifties and sixties. You know, mm-hmm. so so there is time to to start a second or a third career if if that's where the technology is going. If if that's where your heart is. Right. So I, what I'm appreciating here in your description is how specific you got about these skills that you had. And you must have had to really sit down and think it through to get that specific. And then the other thing that's remarkable to me is the idea of you thinking through, you know, you're, when you were running the deals uh, or being the point person on a merger or acquisition or deal. It's this transactional nature of the job. It's, it's high speed. It's super intense. And, uh, and there's just this pacing to it. That's kind of relentless and, yes. and often involves travel. Although I don't know, maybe there's less travel now that, you, yeah. you know, that, uh, because of the pandemic. Um, but the idea that you're thinking through what increasingly challenging roles there could be, after the transaction is closed. So, so like when the deal closes, there's there's so much work that needs to be done and you were able to identify that. Did that just come out naturally to you or did you have to really think through all these different phases of before, during and after the transaction? No, I, I had to, to do a, a lot of thinking and it, again, it helps to talk to to your mentors and and to other people, um, because 
and, and also it's worth the investment in a coach, um, to be honest, because mm-hmm. when it comes to your own path, particularly on my end, um, you know, being pregnant or, or having just had a baby, I, I, I was not very objective, you know what I mean? And, and you need to make these decisions with a very cold head, you know, very strategically. Uh, the, the same way you would do your own job. Uh, and funny enough, you know, we dedicate a lot of hours to our jobs, uh, but we do not dedicate that kind of care uh, and, and thought process to our, to our own career planning. This is so significant and really relevant for our relauncher audience too, because when you're saying um, one of the reasons you brought in a career coach is that you could not be objective about your own skill set or your situation and you needed this like cool head in there, especially right after you you had the baby and you have a young child um, to be that objective voice. And that's equally relevant for relaunchers, you know, who are on career break uh, to think about investing in a career coach uh, for the same reason, because a someone who is coming in from outside can identify and highlight for you some of your own uh, attributes and strengths uh, and interests and skills that maybe you're either downplaying or you're not identifying yourself. So I, I can see how, how critical um, the role of the coach was. So, um, Instead of leaving the workforce, you reinvented yourself, you found these um, roles. Once you got into um, the roles, and, and actually I'd, I'd be interested in knowing, were they different roles after each of your children were born or were you in the same role across um, a longer period of time? But did the roles turn out to be what you were expecting them to be in terms of um, pacing and hours worked and lack of travel? Um, so I had my first and was pregnant with my second, uh, doing the same job that required the travel. Um, and for my second, uh, I, that's when I switched jobs. I actually switched, switched jobs pregnant, um, Mm. seven months pregnant Mm. (laughs) and, Mm -hmm. um, and I was impressed, actually, I was impressed with the, the, the variety of answers that I would get, um, I decided by by then I, I I really wanted to find a job that would allow me to put my kids to bed. Um, not only because with my son it was difficult to to be there for him, um, it was a high risk pregnancy, so I, I didn't want to risk losing the baby. Um, so I was very um, aggressive. Uh, trying to find another job, and I became shameless uh, looking for for roles because you know the coaches have uh, my amazing job searching coaches Caroline Sedisa Levin and Connie Thanasulis had told me, you know you you can you cannot ask your real questions in the beginning of the interviewing process, um, but but you know that whenever they would ask me. Uh, the recruiters in the first round, you know, oh, we, we want you to interview for this role. And I would say, oh, by the way, I'm, I'm six months pregnant or seven months pregnant. Will that be an issue? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and some companies actually told me, yes, you know, why don't we talk after the baby, you know, uh, which was fine, by the way. I, I, I rather wanted to find out that right now, 
rather than finding it after I joined the company, you know, but, but Mm -hmm. my, with my, the person who became my boss, um, I told her, you know, and, and I said, look, I'm seven months pregnant. Do you want to go with another candidate? I I will understand it. And her Mm -hmm. answer was, uh, this is not the seventies. We are investing in your long-term career. So yes, if you take a maternity leave, that's fine, but you are here for the long-term uh, and that made me realize that it was a good fit and that I wanted to work for that woman. Mm. Um, so that mm-hmm. made me pursue the job even harder. Uh, but it was a big risk, you know, to to be letting them know, you know. <laughs> By the way, I'm pregnant. I'm, I'm, I'm joining. And in two, three months, I'll take a, a maternity break. Right. And but you were... Y- you said you were going to say that up front and you probably had to. Were you interviewing in person at this point or was it? Yeah, I'm guessing it wasn't like a video interview. Right. Yes, I, I was. Yeah. But, but, you know, it, it, I, did, I didn't look pregnant <laughs> uh-huh. by the time I was interviewing. You know, later it was impossible yeah. to hide. But <laughs> yeah. But the idea that you thought, you know what, I know that the advice is not to talk about this stuff up front, but you almost did it on purpose because it was like a litmus test. You wanted to see what is the response to this? And then you knew the difference between the ones that said, well, let's talk after and the, and the answer that you got from this particular manager about, you know, we're investing in you for the long term, and, and it's not the seventies anymore. That's a really interesting answer. And it tells a lot about, her and yes and I'm guessing the employer too yes and 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 this is a good a good lesson I learned that the manager the hiring manager is the single most important piece of the equation uh, if, Mm -hmm. if if I was looking for flexibility because the company can be very flexible they can have all all these amazing policies but if your boss is not, then you are not going to get that flexibility, even if it's a company policy. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Really important messaging there that it's important to understand who your manager is and make sure you meet that person in the interview process and have a good sense of how they manage and who they are. And, you know, it's interesting. I just uh, had an, a podcast interview with Professor Sid Finkelstein at uh, uh, Tuck's Business School at, at Dartmouth, and he wrote a book called Super Bosses, and he was talking about how super bosses are the ones who really think about investing in you and investing in your career path longer term and how you can have the most uh, important experiences, and you have to be able to um, figure out who those bosses are when you're interviewing. And he said, ask about, uh, tell me about a couple of people who worked for you in the past and what they're doing now. And that that was a a good way to hear a little bit about what the relationship was and how they talk about the person. And and that can give you additional information. But I I love that you got so much information from the, the person who ended up being your boss by her answer to that question about uh, about your pregnancy and was that an issue? Yeah, though, totally. Yes. Okay, so I uh, so that was part of my next question um, in terms of how you got a good sense about which organizations might be the right cultural fit for you. 
Um, did you ask outright about the travel piece of it or was it in the job description or was it, how did that come up? It, it is usually in the job description um, and the, uh, sometimes the recruiters know it, know the answer before, um, even if it's not written in the job description. Mm -hmm. uh, with that said, uh, I have also found that, you know, it's not only about the travel, it's also about the, the hours. You know, I, I have found jobs, uh, particularly in New York, that, well, you, you don't have to travel, but you are you have to be in the office from 7 o'clock in the morning until 11 in the night. Mm -hmm. It's pretty much the same as traveling, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so, you're right. And that's a very New York thing. Um, and and so, so it's important to understand that before taking the job, that, yeah, well, there is no travel, but you know, your peers are, are doing these hours. And if you don't do them, then you, you fall behind or you will be seen as the slacker. You know, it's important to find out those those mm -hmm. little details um, before taking the job. That's right. And these were pre-pandemic conversations. And, you know, so it, it's interesting about how things might, might be different now that people had the long period of you know, disruption in terms of how and where and when work got done or gets done. Uh, so, uh, you know, the the conversations are probably a little bit different now uh, because of it, but uh, in really good guidance in terms of what you're asking and what you're thinking about. Can uh, you talk about how old your kids are now and um, have they made any comments about your various roles at work over time? Yeah, Um my my son is five and my daughter is three. Uh, it, it was tough. It's still tough. Um, so as I mentioned, when my son was born, I was at a job where I had to travel every single week. Uh, I, I couldn't pump milk in that job. Uh, mm. I, I was breastfeeding mm -hmm. because it was considered that I was not working. Um and I would see my son on the weekends. Um, so he, you know, I would I would land on Thursday night or, you know, then he wouldn't recognize me or I would try to hug him. He would reject me. He would call me dad. Uh, and he was one. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So I, I didn't want to, to be in that situation anymore, but we were dependent on my income. Um, so I tried to change the culture mm -hmm. uh, in the company I, I, because I knew I was not the only one. Um, a group of moms and I started an initiative to, to bring attention to these issues, um, but we didn't get any traction um, for two years. Uh, so that was a catalyst for me to find a job where I wasn't on the road every week. Um, my current role does not require travel, but it is still tough because during the pandemic, when we were all home, I, I would sometimes, you know, set my kids in front of the TV for me to go to meetings for hours. And they would tell me, like, mm -hmm. don't, don't go to your meeting. Literally, that's their phrase. Don't go to your meeting. And, and put their arms right. around me. I, I, that's so hard. Um, and now this year that things are reopening, I had to travel for work a couple of months ago. 
And I was away for one night, one night. And when I came back, my son was crying when he saw me and he told me, mom, why you didn't take me with you? Uh, next time I want to go with you. Uh, it is brutal, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. on the flip side. On the flip side, now, you know, when I, whenever these mornings, when I'm driving them to the daycare, I, I tell them, you know, mom has to go to work. Uh, mom is good at her job and mom loves her job mm-hmm. Be- because I want them to know that, that I, I, I am good at what I do and I enjoy what I do. Um, Soli Kroshek used to say, if you are not happy going to work, don't tell your kids because they will grow up thinking that work is awful, which is true. You know, I, I don't want them to think, oh, work is awful. Um, I also read this really great book called My Mother, My Mentor by mm. Pam Lenehan. Mm-hmm. And she shares there that your children, whenever they go to work, when they grow up and go to work, they will see you as their mentor. So that's one incentive for me to keep mm. working. Yes. Interesting. Um, well, you know, I remember we wrote about this in Back on the Career Track, the book that Vivian Rabin and I wrote that came out a long time ago in 2007. Um, it was the guidebook and framework to returning after career break. And we remember um, we did many interviews of people who had relaunched their career. And the sentiment seemed to be that uh, it's the change in routine, it, like whatever whatever the norm is, is there, there's a certain routine that gets established as a norm with kids. And then when there's a change in that routine, that's when uh, they're, they're questioning or asking or, or, or saying, like, don't do that. So like here they got used to being home and then all of a sudden you're gone for the day and that's the change. And they said, if if things stay the same all the way along, then that's just the status quo for the kids. That's what they know. So um, that's why when people take career breaks and then they go back to work it, and they ha- and are taking career break for childcare reasons, that's a huge change for the family and one that has to be discussed and worked through um, uh, depending on the ages of the kids uh, in terms of you know what's appropriate. But I will tell you that having spoken to adult children of people who've taken career breaks and gone back or people who've worked all the way through, the adult children seem to be like, so not focused or aware of any of these details that you're talking about now that happen when they're young, either they don't remember them at all, or they remember them completely differently. And, and uh, it's really good to read some of these accounts. Um, But yeah, I I love Sally Krawcheck. And um, that advice that that she gives is really important. Um, We also think that um, when you're working, kids might not it'd be good if they have a visual of what work is like, can they see the building? Can they see inside? Or if you're working from home, then that's something different. But the idea that when you say, I'm going to work, quote work, then they actually have a visual of where you are going, as opposed to trying to imagine that. And you know, sometimes we say make a chart and put a picture of your work on one column and put a picture of their school on one uh, column. And then um, everyone has this visual image of where people are spending their day. Oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to do that. <laughs> and, and, you know, um, in preparation for this talk, I 
I was looking at some books that I read back then, and, and I found this one, uh, Mommy Wars, uh, from Leslie Morgan Steiner. And it, it is oh, such I a terrific, terrific book. I mean, it, it's, it's not recent. It, it is from 2007. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but she, you know, she has uh, stories of both, you know, working moms and stay-at-home moms, and and I remember that the the constant in the book from the kids is that they they wanted their moms to be happy, you know that that's what they right. wanted, um, right. on both ends. So so yeah, this is I, I thank you for re- reminding me of this. Yeah, and you know what you said that you say to your kids when you're dropping that. Um, I'm really good at my job. I really like my job. And this idea that there's this positivity that is attached to it. And also your role model for them in terms of your ambition, your accomplishments, uh, and you know, they're watching. So, so, so that's something else to be thinking about in terms of, uh, of your working status. Um, Nadia, we're coming to the end of our, our, our conversation time, and I want to ask you the question that we ask all of our podcast guests, and that is, what is your best piece of advice for our relauncher audience, even if it's something that we've already talked about today? Yeah, uh, so that's, that's a good one. Um, I would say don't be scared of having kids and losing your career. Uh, you know, th- these days I, I mentor many young women and men. Mm-hmm. And one of their common uh, questions is, you know, I, I don't really want to have kids or, or, or I'm postponing it uh, because they are afraid of of, of slowing down, you know. Um, I, I was scared for many years and, and I postponed it for so long, almost too long. Mm. Um, what, what I found out, I wish someone had told me um, after becoming a mom is that moms make it work. You know, mm-hmm. whether they are stay at home ones or working moms or, or that, my God, they get stuff done. Um Parenthood uh, gives you a sense of a speed and practicality <laughs> that we didn't have before. You know what I mean? Uh, I, so, so that's that's one thing. Um, I, I think that's a, a very important one. And and of course, you know, listen to your gut. Uh, your gut is never wrong. If your gut is telling you quit your job, then that's the right decision. If your gut is telling you, eh, hold on mm-hmm. for a, just another day, then that's the right decision too. Because again, c- careers are spanning longer than in the past. Um, and this is, a, you know, this is changing. Every year I see it, you know, that people are postponing retirement um, and they continue to work. So if you take a break now um, is not such a big deal as it was even 10 years ago. I totally agree with you. And this is such good advice. I just want to um, review and, and react to some of it. So this whole idea of mentoring people who are asking you, when is the right time to have kids? Because we also get that question um, from people who are thinking about taking future career breaks and they're worried about the timing. And the answer is like you're saying, there's no perfect time. So, so just when you are ready to have kids think less about 
how is this going to disrupt my, disrupt my career path and more about how, I'm going to be able to figure out how to work my work around my family situation. And because there's never going to be that perfect time. So, so that's one thing. And as you're saying, like people, uh, there are some people who took career breaks for infertility reasons. And sometimes people will say, or, or career break or no career break, they, they might say, you know, I shouldn't have waited this long. I, I should have not been so yep. worried about that. Uh, so, so that's just a perspective from people who are kind of on the other side of, of that conversation. Um, and the other thing is when you're talking about making, if people in the audience are thinking about a future career break and you're saying to trust your gut about whether to take it or not, uh, just a couple of um, additions there. One is to not be afraid to ask about what might be a manageable situation for you if there's some aspect of the of what your role is that is kind of putting you over the edge um, in terms of time management or stress level because sometimes that your employer will work that out with you don't just assume that you have to quit and the other thing is and we actually have a podcast with nicole diamond on this um is to think about contracting contract work if you do leave Nicole ended up taking career break and then contracting later for a range of, of different clients. But you could actually approach your employer and talk about whether the option of you leaving, but then contracting your work back to the employer is a good option, a good middle ground. You have more control over your time um, and how much work that you take uh, at, at any given time. They Keep the investment that they've made in you and your um, your institutional knowledge. Uh, so there are a lot of reasons why a, an arrangement like that could be a positive for both sides. And just consider it, you know, as as one of the options uh, when you're trying to make that decision about whether to take the career break or not. Yeah, no, th these are great, great advice. You know, uh, and you're right. Uh, now nowadays companies are also finding or creating new ways for for employees to to take time off or or career breaks um uh, or, or go in a on a flex you know 80% of the time instead of you know the 40 hours so you're right there are choices exactly um well nadia Thank you so much. It, it was it's such a gift, um, and so generous for you to talk so frankly about the decisions that you've made along the way and um, life at home. And we we really appreciate that. So thank you so much for joining us today. No, th thank you, Carol. It was so great talking to you. And thanks for listening to Three Two One I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss return to work strategies, advice, and success stories. I'm Carol Fishman-Cohen, the CEO and co-founder of iRelaunch and your host. For more information on iRelaunch conferences and events, to sign up for our job board and access our return to work tools and resources, go to iRelaunch.com. And if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it on Apple Podcasts and your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to share this podcast with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, and other social media. Thanks for joining us.